Hi, I'm Casey Mraz, and you're listening to the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast, where we help attorneys grow their law firms by interviewing experts who can fast track their success. Hi, everyone. I'm Casey Moraz with the Legal Marketing Mastermind Podcast, where we dive into the weeds with practicing attorneys and subject matter experts to find out what's driving business to successful law firms. And today, I'm thankful to be joined by Faith Fox, who is the managing partner at a law firm's name we all know, the Cochran Firm, at their new flagship office in Charlotte, North Carolina. Faith, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Absolutely. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about how your law firm adapted to COVID-19. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. And my first question is, is how overview, how did your firm adapt to this? Well, you know, it's been, it's been kind of rough. You know, I'm really used to having some being here in my office. I'm in my office now. Um, and at first I really tried to be strong and kind of work from home. It's very, very difficult. I, I don't mm -hmm. focus well as well as I would like to at home. So um, I kind of struggled through initially, and it was very, very difficult also communicating with my assistant that way. Um, you know, we're used sure. to being in the office together, so it's been, it was very challenging. Um, I, I didn't want to put her in a position where she felt obligated to come in, obviously, it's safer for everyone to stay at home. But I did ultimately, after a couple of weeks, decide that it was better for me to come into the office. I'm just much more productive here. But my um, support staff is all still working from home. So okay. it's been a challenge just trying to figure out um, the telephones. And I mean, obviously, you can answer emails from anywhere. But a lot of times, the emails require that you do things in the office. So yeah. uh, it's been the process of making a list of things that need to be done and following up with them later. So everything has kind of been on a delay. Um, we're not as efficient as we would be without the, the restrictions. But mm -hmm. I think it's, it's taken a while, but we're finally at a place where we can kind of operate almost at our normal expectation. Okay, got it. And how long have you been operating remotely? So since, I would say since around the 16th of March. Okay. Uh, and so from the 16th, it was kind of questionable. You know, we started at that point to get everything, get everybody comfortable with taking things home. Um, I really don't like my files to leave the office. So we wanted to make, I wanted to make sure that everything was on the cloud in our software, the way it's supposed to be. Um, and so once, you know, we used those first, the first week to make sure that we had everything that we needed at home. Okay. Uh, so the computers, the printers, the scanners, um, I actually had to purchase uh, new computers, scanners, <laughs> copiers okay. for everyone to kind of take home. So wow. um, it, it's, it's been an expense, but I didn't want to take the chance on anyone, you know, getting sick, uh, sure. coming in office. So it's taken some time, but I think we're finally getting to the point where things are kind of moving a bit more smoothly. We've all kind of gotten used to uh, the rhythm and the pattern of getting in touch during, you know, a certain time of day, having a, a call a couple times a week. So it's, it's, it's been a struggle, but we're, we're managing it. 
Awesome. Okay. And before this, were you, did you have any remote capabilities or was it a hundred percent in office? Well, no, I would say we were probably, um, maybe 60, 40 with okay. outside of the office. I have, uh, one support staff member who actually lives in Florida. <laughs> so oh, okay. we did, she, she lived here and then she relocated. Um, and so she moved back to Florida and I didn't want to lose her. So we, before she left, really set her up to work from home. So this has kind of been perfect for her. Um, okay. So there haven't been any real changes or any um, stagnation in getting the work done with um, my personal injury portion of my practice. But the more, um, the more urgent needs like family law, things that I'm in the office for every day and court for on a regular basis, those are the areas where we really needed to make some changes. Okay, got it. And so in North Carolina or Charlotte there specifically, how have the courts reacted? Are they open for business remotely? Are they shut down? What, so what does it look like? Our courts have been really aggressive in making sure that the courts remain kind of empty. Um, okay. Most of the courthouses are open from 9 to 12 for court filings. So you can still go to court and file your necessary documents, but all of the deadlines have been extended by the court until June 1st. So right now okay. we are under directive from the uh, Supreme Court, North Carolina Supreme Court, to basically um, stay out of court unless there's some emergent case, emergent hearing, like say a domestic violence protective order or something along those lines, to stay out of the courthouse. So what I've been doing is kind of uh, doing the work and things that need to be filed and then picking one day during the week to go and file everything. Um, sure. To minimize my own exposure at the courthouse as well. And I am not asking any of my support staff to go to the courthouse. So uh, ordinarily, that's not something that I would um, have to do. Sure. But I, I just don't feel comfortable asking other people to kind of put themselves at risk for, for work. Yeah, and so, I'm sure your team member appreci your team appreciates that strong you know commitment to leadership. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I think it's important. I mean, you know, I'm a single mom, but most of the people, I, in fact, everyone that works for me is also a parent, not necessarily single. And so, um, you know, they're doing homeschooling right now. Thankfully, mm -hmm. my children are old enough that I don't have to stand over them while they attend their do their schoolwork. But some of the other people have younger kids. It's just a lot. It's a lot to put on someone. Sure. No, I understand that. So tell me a little bit about your infrastructure. You mentioned like the case files to like having to go in the office, but you know, it can be in your case management software. What are you using and have you found that effective? So I use a program called Clio, C-L-I-O. Mm -hmm. um, Clio is pretty user friendly, but I've been using it for years. So um, pretty much my entire caseload is in Clio in one way or another. And then I have my actual, you know, work computer. So with Clio, everyone is able to access the documents that they need just by going into the, uh, the software. So um, that's been great. And I'm really glad that I invested in that early, uh, you know, early in opening my office as a solo practitioner. It really made the difference in getting help from outside of the office and getting help from people. Um, who don't necessarily have time to come in the office every day, but can do research, can can draft a brief and go on and see what documents are available, what evidence we have to support our claims. So that's been amazing. Uh -huh. uh, and I haven't had to make any real adjustments there. Got it. Well, that's cool. What other software are you using that would be a, uh, that you can't live without right now? 
during this transition? With regards to um, work, I mean, I really enjoy Zoom. It's, it's nice just to see everybody. Um, but for the most part, Clio has been my saving grace. I don't use a whole lot of other um, programs, uh, especially right now. There are programs that I use for trial and in court, but none of those are necessary right now. So Clio and Zoom are kind of the main areas where I'm kind of spending most of my time right now. Sure. And anything for uh, office communication? How do you stay on top of that? Well, um, I have uh, an answering service, which has been really helpful. Um, they're able to still take calls 24 hours a day. Um, okay. So that, uh, we're missing any of the calls. They go directly to the answering service. So I have um, a work cell phone um, that I keep on me. And um, I can forward those calls to my assistant if I need to. But for the most part, I'm handling um, all of the incoming calls because more times than not, people are calling to speak to counsel. Uh, right now is a really lucky time, I guess, for people calling the office because I'm generally going to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get, get I, a know, I'm caught up in it, it's a distraction for me because I end up getting caught up in conversations that I wouldn't normally be having. Sure. But it, I feel it's important that people have access to their counsel during this time. It's it's a rough time. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. So now let's talk a little bit more about that transition. I know. You you said that it was a little like rough maybe around the edges when you first got started. What would you have changed or maybe done differently to prepare if you knew that this was going to be coming and you were going to have to suddenly go remote? Well, I think, um, you know, looking back, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest issues was making sure everyone had the equipment they needed. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was a kind of a huge expense to all of a sudden out of the blue need to purchase everyone a computer to have at home um, and printers and scanners and things like that to have it in their possession at, at, at home that they already have here in the office. So I, I wish that I was better prepared in that sense, but now I will be. So when we go back to work, I'll always have this other option in terms of people being able to necessarily, you know, take it if they need to go out of town and still feel the need to work, they'll have everything that they need on them. Um, but aside from that, I don't know how much preparing you could do for the world to shut down. I mean, this is a- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, this doesn't happen every day. So I think that um, just making sure that, you know, one of the things that has been a challenge is being behind already um, and now having this other lag where it, on one hand, it gives you the opportunity to catch up, but because everyone can't come in the office, it's not true catch up time because things are yep. still happening on these cases. Definitely. Um, Every, every, the work hasn't stopped, even though kind of the world has. So mm -hmm. uh, just uh, kind of accommodating for, you know, you have to have the room to make the mistakes that are going to be made um, and still not lose your footing with every, all the work that needs to be done. Exactly. And so it sounds like that, you know, obviously the work hasn't slowed down for you. You guys are, are working through all of this. What about new clients and new leads? Has there been an impact there? You know, I have probably in the last couple of weeks, I've probably only picked up about maybe three or four new cases, but I've had an enormous amount of calls, okay. um, most of which have been employment law issues. Um, unfortunately, in the area of employment law, it's one of those areas of law where you just kind of have to monitor what's happening. You can't really do anything about it until, you know, things kind of have already hit the fan. 
So yeah. what, what I've kind of advised uh, people who have been calling with employment issues where employers are making, you know, drawing very definitive lines in the sand about who can work from home, who can come into the office, uh, what the requirements are, what the salary will be, and how many hours you may or may not get. North Carolina is an at-will state, so there really is no, um, no reason that an employer needs to terminate or keep staff members. So, you know, it's hard because you're dealing with these extra issues that don't normally come up. But as an employer, is it easier for me to terminate my staff um, and work with the skeleton crew or keep try and keep the staff on so that when everything kind of goes back to normal, you can just go back to where you were? You know, a lot of people are really dealing with employers who are cherry picking who gets to work from home based on discriminatory reasons. So, wow. you know, I've had I've had a, uh, a mom call me and tell me that her employer decided that of the eight people on her team, there were three people that he was not allowing to work from home because oh. they had small children at home. And now you're going to have to homeschool. So you're not going to be able to work and making that decision for the employee um, wow. to the extent that male parents on that same team were not you know, given that that extra uh, that extra requirement because they had wives at home who were assumed to be dealing with the homeschooling. So obviously, that's a huge problem. You're now discriminating against moms mm -hmm. um, with with young kids versus dads because the dad has a wife. Well, who's to say that the wife the wife's husband isn't going to take care of school while uh, you know the mom is working, but employers are making that decision for their staff, which is, you know, I'd say that's discriminatory and illegal. Yeah, um, but also, you know, we have executive orders coming down from, unfortunately, Washington that, that tell employers that they're going to get a waiver on a lot of the equal protection laws that are put in place to prevent discrimination. So not only are people being discriminated against, they're the employers are pretty much going to get a pass in a lot of situations, a lot of cases, because there's an executive order that says, if you're not able to adhere to all these pesky equal protection laws, don't worry about it. You won't get in trouble. So wow. That seems crazy to me. That's it's insane. It's unconstitutional, but it's, yeah. it's par for the course. Uh, with who's in office right now. So it's unfortunate, but he has just really put us in a position to suffer in so many different areas. It's, it's really unbelievable. Well, yeah, and I'm sure we're going to see, you know, a lot of people in those situations. And that was something that I hadn't really put a lot of thought into because it's not in my day to day, but that's incredible. And I appreciate you sharing that because, man, that's really unfortunate for those people. And it's, it's just so wrong. I, I can't believe that we live in that world, but here we are. It's amazing all of the many, many creative ways employers can come up with to discriminate against their staff. It's, it's you know, every call is a new experience I've never heard of before. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, like I said, with employment law, there's really nothing you can do about it um, until it's over. And so these people that are not being allowed to work from home, there's nothing they can really do about it until they can file a complaint about it later. Um, and so since it's something that continues, it's kind of premature to file it now. Um, so it's just really unfortunate what people, on top of the worries about your health and your family, now you have to also worry about your job and being discriminated against. 
And then at the end of the day, all of that being okay because our president decided, no, don't worry about equal protection or discrimination right now. Let's just do what we need to do to make things work. Yeah, it's hard to believe that that's reality right now. And yet we have tons of people that are facing that situation. I guess one thing of, of uh, one thought that I have from that, it's good that law firms like yours, you're still working and available to at least start to field those calls and, and start understanding what's happening out there so that people, hopefully when this is all over, can get some sort of uh, justice. I hope so. I really do. I, I Sometimes, you know, I hate to not have the confidence in our in our system the way that I should, but when you have executive orders with all these miscellaneous waivers, albeit unconstitutional, we don't know how much weight that's going to hold later um, to know whether or not all of these people are going to have any justice at the end of the day. Unfortunately, you just kind of have to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, hopefully it plays out um, and, and can benefit the people that are in that situation. And you know, I, that's definitely a topic that we should explore uh, again deeper in the future. Um, and just kind of segueing back into this, you know, I think a lot of law firms should be hopefully avoiding those situations. But then again, I heard of a story of a law firm potentially taking PPP money and then reducing their employees' hours, their their lawyers' hours. But um, it's a you know different type of firm, and uh, they were anyway. There's going to be a lot of shady stuff happening. But outside of that. Um, what, would, what advice would you give to somebody that's maybe a smaller firm right now, what they can do um, just to facilitate this trans, uh, transition and then think in the future? Well, I think it's really important that even as a small firm that you have a um, software to manage your practice. Um, the software, a lot of the software, in fact, Clio is software specific, specifically designed for the smaller firms um, where you have less users and, and less need for you know, you're not, you're not tracking thousands of cases. It may be hundreds, it may be less than a hundred, but regardless, you need to have everything in one place. And so mm-hmm. that you or someone on your staff, or even if you have an attorney who's going to cover for you one day, giving them access to the files so that they even have just a little bit more background, um, being able to have everything in one place. You don't necessarily need to have the hard copy Um, People can print from there, open the documents, preview, download to their phone. Um, You can even take payments through the software program. Um, So I think that that is one of the most important things you can do as a small practice is really invest in a uh, software practice uh, software that can really help you stay on top of things so that, you know, the turnover, unfortunately, the turnover in our offices is also, you know, can be pretty high. So, you know, a lot of paralegals would prefer to work for the larger firms for a number of different reasons. You want to make sure that when someone leaves the firm, that there's no break in your service to your clients. So having the software where everything's in one place is really helpful to to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that's really solid advice. Clio, yeah, they're awesome. They do great work. And, you know, I've worked with law firms that are still using spreadsheets to track cases and things like that. And that presents so many issues. Um, and, you know, they're the ones that are going to struggle the most right now. Yeah, I really like having uh, user-friendly options. I, I, I'm not a fan of Excel. Um, <laughs> although people that, I think people that Excel at Excel are geniuses because I a crazy program. Um, I can never quite figure out exactly how it all is supposed to happen. And when I do, it just takes forever. 
So I love Clio that I don't have to deal with um, the independent Excel spreadsheets with all the pages and the columns and the addition and the math. And it's just too much. I really love Clio. And I mean, there's other programs, Practice Panther and my case and all kinds of a software that would be is so much better than um, anything like just an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, absolutely. And so it sounds like that, you know, some of that advice that you're giving is really working on the business during this time, if you don't have this in place, because that's what's going to get you through not only short term, but but long term. Yes. One thing that's been really helpful to me, too, is just about everything that I need is in the on the cloud. So my fax service is cloud based. Um, I have PDF converters um, and word converters that's also cloud based. So that I'm not necessarily having to come into the office to make copies, to print, um, to, to transpose documents. So it makes things a lot easier when you have a lot of things that are available on the cloud. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to run in and get those big file boxes. And there's a firm that I was thinking of right now that they didn't even have firm email until like a year ago. And uh, everything was boxed. And anyway, hopefully uh, those people are not... I'm sure they're struggling the most, but <laughs> anyway, um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any other parting advice, Faith, that you would give to um, any law firms that are navigating the situation as well? You know, um, I think we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants every day with what's happening with Corona. Um, you know, just really, I guess, pay, for me, it's important for me to just pay attention and stay on top of my deadlines, uh, the statutes of limitations. Even though um, we've been we've been granted kind of reprieve on a lot of these deadlines through June 1st, and that also may get extended depending on where we are come June 1st, I think it's still important to try and maintain the deadlines that you have. So discovery that I have due, I'm just trying to turn it in at the normal time that it would have been due. Um, and I think it's important to try and stay on top of all of those, even though you have this extra time, you don't want it to turn in or I don't want it to turn into me being behind the, you know, behind the eight yeah. ball come June 1st when I mean, I already have four hearings that week, the first week wow. of June. Um, and so preparing for those hearings and continuing to stay on top of what's already due, already necessary, I think it's just really important to keep up with the statutes of limitations and all of the deadlines for discovery and filing appeals. All of those things really need to be maintained as if Corona doesn't exist, because otherwise I think a lot of people are going to, you know, June 1st is going to be like tomorrow and you're going to have all this work that still needs to be done. Exactly. So that would be my biggest advice. I mean, I've been still working like normal, I, you know, coming into the office or starting work early at home, uh, working until like six, seven o'clock at night. I'm really trying to make the most of this time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, people are suffering right now. Um, and I, I feel like the least I could do is make the most of the time that, that we have right now. Um, yeah. not take it for granted by just kind of laying around and hanging out for two months. No, I admire that. It's easy to shut down and do nothing really, but you're, you know, full steam ahead. And I think that's going to pay a lot of dividends, uh, <laughs> in the end when this is all over. And that was just really great advice too about the deadlines, not letting that slip and wait. Because if you're a procrastinator, I can see how you're going to be in a lot of trouble uh, when things start lifting here. And, um, you know, you need, a, you need a schedule anyway. You need to stay active and doing something. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to burn out or you're going to be affected by this even more. Yeah, so I agree. I think it's really important to stay on top of everything. Um, 
even, you know, it's hard to stay on top of things when things are always moving. So now that things have kind of slowed down a little bit, um, it's been really helpful to me not to have to go to court two, three times a week, um, mm -hmm. for all the different hearings and the trials. So, you know, kind of reclaiming that time to make sure that I have everything that I need that, that has to be written, that has to be filed and getting those things where they need to be has been really important. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, today, Faith. And, you know, you're doing great things uh, at the Cochrane Firm. And, uh, you know, I think you're leading by example and really helping people out. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing uh, your expertise with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really good talk.